Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shannon and Mr. Rob, episode 152. I know, yo. We really, we really getting it done, man. We really getting it done. This is our next to last episode before we actually have our little Christmas. What is it? We have like a little holiday hiatus, right? Yeah, a little bit. Little hiatus. Yeah. We got we got a nice one. We got a nice one in the tuck with Nation though. Like I've been getting a lot of feedback from people from just like yeah. the little clip, yeah, the little trailer. You know, so a lot of people are looking forward to um to seeing that. So we gotta tease that. We can't put that all out at once. I see exclusive too. Yo, happy birthday, man. Thank you, bro. Got some milestone milestone birthday for you. 50, the big five oh. How you feel? Big five oh, man. Now I was talking with the wife. And um, it's amazing because there isn't a thought that I have that I've talked about. Wait till I get 50. Or when I get 50, this is going to be this or that. Let alone, you know, we grew up in areas where 18 was the cutoff. He wasn't sure if he was going to make it to 18 and then to 21 and 25. Yeah. When I reached 40, that was milestones. Here it is, 50. You know, let me tell you, and it feels as if not, not just another day, but because it just feels very honorable to make it to 50. Like, you know, blessing, I, I didn't, not on drugs, I didn't get locked up, I don't have a record, you know what I'm saying? I had a, a pretty decent corporate career. I, I'm, I'm from the Bronx, I grew up in, in situations, you know, I wanna know what my future looked like. And to be sitting here talking to you at 50 years old, I'm feeling great, you know what I'm saying? Going through the kidney situations, I try and do a lot of different things. So I'm very, very appreciative. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's good yeah, looking. I see you. Appreciate <laughs> that's, that's that's good to hear, man. Yo, so what you what you end up doing on your birthday? Um, yo, we hit the mall. We did we did, we did little stuff. I went got caught me a hat stuff. Got my little joint right here. Go. Nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, Saturday is when, you know, everything is supposed to be uh, put together. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So we went out. We did go to Maggie McFly's, one of my one of my spots that I do like to go Yo, I never, I've never gone. Everybody tells me oh, great things about it, but I've never gone. Got some good food in there. Now, you would think with a with a menu as, as big as that, it got a plethora of stuff. Mm-hmm. You would think like, yeah, it's like a diner. Nothing like What's up, yo? How you doing? It's universal. Yeah. Yo, so this 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 particular episode is near and dear to me because I think anytime you have an opportunity to have family come on and talk about some of the great things that they're doing, it's 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 a blessing. But <clears throat> it also kind of coincides, I'm thinking like with like the when you know your milestone of 50, right? Because hip hop, hip hop also turns 50 or turns 50, is it 50 next year? 50 next year, 73, so I came right before, I came, I squeaked out right before the first bongo hit, 50, yo, 50 next year, and one of the things I have to say, honestly, um, about hip-hop is that over the years, the capitalization, and with capitalism in place in hip-hop, a lot of our stories are being rewrote, and it's being told by people who don't represent or look like us, and I'm fearful that 30 years from now, when the history books open and people are talking about hip hop, 
everything that we know about the inception of hip hop is going to look something completely different, right? It's going to kind of be like a Christopher Christopher uh, Columbus situation. <laughs> We're going to be like, yo, this dude actually created hip hop. James Taylor created hip hop in Idaho when he was out in the cornfield type thing. But yo, I say all that to say that I'm happy to bring to the platform my father-in-law, Dancing Doug, one of the original first generation B-boys. He can't hear us? Can't hear us? You can't hear us? You can hear me though, Rob, right? I can hear you, yes, sir. It's on, yeah, and you may have got a phone call. Um, Did you get a phone call on your phone? Oh, he can't hear us. All right, so I'm gonna pull him out and then I'll troubleshoot behind the scenes with him. But yeah, so I just, like I said, like if you think about like the whole piece around capitalism and where hip hop is going and where hip hop potentially could look like 50 years from now, it's a scary situation. It is a scary situation because so much has been usurped from, you know, the, the energy of what hip hop has brought between fashion, style, you know, oratorically speaking, MCing and, and DJing and you know, art of graffiti. Elements have vastly spread out and broadened out and it's made millionaires and billionaires off of this one art form that we call hip hop. You know, it's a great thing, man. But 50 years from now, I'm hoping it still has legs. You know what I mean? Because there, there, there's some parts of it that have been watered down and transformed. Like you said, Justin Bieber going to be cool her for 50 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we don't want that. So, you know, we got we got, we got got Doug coming through. To give All us right. Some- there you go. There you go. I'm back. What's yeah. up, Big Chief? So tell us, tell us, let's 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 get right to it. Tell us how you got into dancing and what, ins- what inspired you to actually start dancing. I used to always dance, uh, you know, as a kid. You know, I used to do old, the old James Brown for the, the ladies out there on, on the on the around the block. They're throwing quarters to you when you was a little kid. Nice. And I, I used to dance real fast, you know, real fast. I'd be zipping across the floor like this. <laughs> Without, I started off like that, but I always, you know. Like my brother Bobby could play guitar, Daryl could play the, you know, um, the drums. I couldn't play the bass to save my life, but I could dance, you know. So we was like the, the Jackson Five minus minus three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how'd you end up getting the name Dancing Doug? Tell us that story. Actually, Coke Barack, you know, um, the first MC mm. of actually named Coke named most of us. You know, he named the twins. He named Trixie. You know. Wallace D. K. You know, Sasa had his name already. El Dorado Mike, all these guys from the original Herculoid. It was actually Coke Barack. It's Kobe um, 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 Doug from downtown, because I came from Harlem. And when I came to the Bronx, came out with him in the Bronx, they called me Doug from downtown. And we got, to, I think, to, to Executive Playhouse, or the Hebelo, he started calling me Dancing Doug from downtown. It just became Dancing Doug. Mm. Right, right, and right. for those who don't know who Coke Barack is, tell people who Coke Barack is. Coke, Coke was, was he was cool DJ Herc. You know, Herc's, he was actually his um, MC. Coke would be a guy on the microphone, you know, with, with the echo chamber, calling everybody out, you know. And a lot of people be saying that that they said, well, Coke wasn't wasn't this, he wasn't that. And I'm like, who told you that? Somebody told you something like that. Unless you were there, they said, well, Coke didn't rhyme. You know, I'm like, I can tell you some of his rhymes on the top of my head. How can you tell me he didn't rhyme? Somebody told you he couldn't rhyme. I can mm. tell you he rhyme. He didn't rhyme all the time. You know, so you figure you had like Coke doing his thing. Hollywood comes up later. Hollywood was like a master rapper, like you know, Hollywood was mm-hmm. in a world of his own. 
but yeah. Coke was with Kirk with that with that hard b-boy music it was Coke on the mic Kirk, you know, Kirk playing those crazy songs Kirk would go find some crazy out of, out of left field baby Huey stuff that nobody heard about the Mexican nobody heard about he would find those songs some even like crazy rock and roll song but they had right. a little break in that beat that hard break mm-hmm. he find that that that's what you know so he just rock with you know that hard break yeah. was it was it was it the break in the song that really inspired it there oh yeah yeah well you know what it was see when, when it first started it actually was people used to call it this called burning you right. know and they would be doing that burning thing and that's what it really was initially so like a lot of people say they go back to this August 11th, 1973 day, right? That's to say the, the start of hip hop at, right, at right. Coolworks party, the Cindy's back to school party. But the reality is that it was DJs before, there was MCs before, we was dancing before. It's just that when it came to that one spot, it all sort of came together and it blew up because it was the kind of music hurt that was playing. It's like this, people say, well, this dance move, there's no original dance move, right? Somebody else did that dance move. Somebody spun mm-hmm. their head before. Somebody did backspins before. <laughs> right, 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 you, know, right. you, go, you see videos of people in Africa doing this stuff, right? From the yeah. 50s, you know? But to this kind of music, because that at that, at that time, it was a disco era. Disco was right. it. Disco was spring. Her comes out with this hard stuff like that. It was soul music and disco music. And, and her came out with this real crazy, crazy stuff you play. But we still play. You know, we still play cool jazz things, you know, Blackbirds, um, you know, different, different songs there. Um, what was that? What's from my, my Dominoes, um, Eddie Kendrick, Body Heat, real cool. He had the cool oh, song. He, he, plays, he plays slow songs too. We used to dance slow records. He put, once you hear that one song uh, from the Delphonics, For the Love I Gave You, he said, oh. and now you're going to love me. You're going to want to hug me. You had to run to find the girl you want to dance with. Because at that point, seven seven slow songs were in a row. If you ain't had the girl you wanted right then, you're done. She got somebody else held oh, up. Yes, you're those, done. Those, the rest of the night. My baby got it for the rest of the night. You're done. So you got those to wait as soon as you hear that. As soon as you hear, and are you going to love me? Boom. <laughs> you got to go. You know, but that's just because you knew how her played songs, you know? Yeah. And that was the element of the party that that's missed right there when the when the slow jam yeah, came on was like, all right, where she at? Son? Where she at? Right, where <laughs> yeah, she man, at? that's for real. And see, that's what I tell these other young guys. I said, y'all don't understand. Dancing to slow music taught you how to make love. You know, because yeah. you learn to con- control your body and everything. You know, you learn to move slowly. Though, you know, you talking your little bit of stuff. You know, the perfume coming up the collar. Like this, you know, you learn all these things, but see, they laugh, but that's real, though. See, they missing that because there's no more connection between people no more. Girls over there, guys over here, they not touching. What you touching me for? Like, what you grab me for? We was doing the 500, it was a dance, they do the grind, they do a thing called the 500. They go all the way down to the floor like this, they come all the way back up, go all the way down, you know. But you learn to control your body movements, you know. Yeah, talk about the, um, the 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 evolution of the dance because you mentioned earlier you were saying like from burning to what's now I guess commonly known as breaking. Like what happened from then, from then until now, and what was in between from burning to breaking? So it started with people burning, right? When Hurt mastered that 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 technique called the merry-go-round, he would take that little hard break of the song and cut it over and over and over. Because back then we danced the entire record. 
Like now you see the kids, they do they jump, they jump out, they do a little six step, they start breaking. They stop, the other guy get out, he starts breaking. He stops, he get up, he starts breaking. We just dance, we broke the whole the whole song, the entire song. The difference is when people started, Kirk started, when you would dance to say a song like get into something. At the very end, give the drum something. Give the drum something. When that little break when the song came, you do your little fly move, and that was it. You start it. cutting that break over and over and over. You either make up something new and something new and something new and something new each time. So the break was longer and longer and longer and longer. And that's all this. It's no, it's no science to this. That's all it was. By him so extending that break, break <laughs> you had to keep on breaking because he kept extending the break. So it became break dancing. So we became break dancers and eventually came from break dancers called them B-boys. Yeah. Breaking boys. I asked you that. I was going to say, so where the term B-boy come from? It comes from Breaking Boys. And see, Sasa, Sasa was the first person, like Trixie, Trixie, Wallace D, myself, Teeny Rock, we were like, you know, they call us break dancers, because we were the older ones. Sasa and Bobo came from the, the twins, James Bond, Clark Kent, Rossi, Chubby, uh, El Dorado, Mike, Timmy Tim, Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy Kim, Mother Earth, um, uh, Sister Boo, Aileen, Darlene, Dancing Doll, Rick Gracie, um, Sandra, uh, Janet Rock, all those girls. We had, we had girls with us. It wasn't just all guys. It was girls and girls. Mm. So when they would when they would do this little break thing, and that breaking thing became the breaking boys because we would break and break because that song would make us break and break. Then he started calling us B-boys, but the first person was, was Sasa. They called Sasa an A1 B-boy, and they started calling all of us B-boys. So the term B-boy is our term. So if some guy, a guy told me about four years ago, well, we do something different than you, so y'all ain't, y'all ain't B-boys. And I'm like, yo, Slice, how can you say that? That's our term. You may not be a B-boy if you want to change the game, but we a B-boy because the term B-boy is our term. You can't take that to say, well, you're not this. And my point to him was, even though we did something in the beginning, it evolved to what you're doing though five, 10 years later, what the kids are doing now is different than what you're doing. So that can you say, if you say I'm not a B-boy, that means some kid now, they look at you and say, well, you're not a B-boy. Mm-hmm. You're not doing what I'm doing. Right. You yeah, gotta be yeah. logical with this. This this thing evolved from the burning to, to the break dancing. And then in like 75, end of 75, you have the, the, the um, TVB comes in, the Bronx Boys. And they added the rock dancing to it. And that's where you get this whole the up rock and, and top rock and down rock. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That so comes break, in. Break dancing turn into up rock and top rock. Right. You see, now that's what that's where now someone tells me you used to be a top rocker. I'm like, I never knew what top rock meant. I never heard the expression <laughs> before. I'm serious. I've never even heard that before because yeah. at our time when we was dancing, that wasn't prevalent then. That came after we were gone. Mm. So then it became somebody say that you top rock because you dance up. But we used to dance up and go down. But we didn't go down and stay down all the time. We danced up top. We went down for a while. We came back up. We did everything. So it was a little bit different thing. Now they just, in the, the evolution shows that they went from the burning to the break dancing to the top, adding top rock into it. And then it became more, started adding more, they call power moves. Right, and that's then, where the and all that comes Right, and that's, and that's the next bump. So the first evolution comes from burning to break dancing. That's the first bump. Mm-hmm. Then break dancing to t- we added rock dancing second bump, then break dance to power moves third bump. Power now moves. we got just straight crazy just they do all kind of yeah, it's you know, 
they they out they out now these kids, these kids on the elbows, they, so what they, was the, what they, back then what was the criteria to be actually qualified or considered to be a b-boy you had to have you know a good dance skill because you couldn't just now the example a lot of these kids now they don't really dance they can just do all these acrobatic moves they're not dancers Mm. We were dancers. You had to be a good dancer. And you go into a circle, like Hollywood sets up. He said, you could fake being a DJ, you could fake being an MC, but you can't fake being a B-boy. Because yeah. you get in that doggone circle, you got to be able to do your thing in that circle. You couldn't just be faking it all. You can't fake inside those circles. You can't fake in the circle. You cannot fake that. You got yeah, you know, to have your moves set up. We had what they call signature moves. Like I would do Charlie Chaplin or I would do... Um, walking the tightrope or, 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 the, or the motorcycle, you know, uh, with the bird or the Mexican. I, I, I had a big old sombrero and the little, the little chocolate thing. I put the sombrero down, dancing around the thing like that, you know. Hey, all kind of, it was all fun stuff, though, you know. That's what's up. That's dope. Yeah. So, hip hop, if you look at like, now, hip hop is a probably a multi billion dollar industry, and breaking as we know it has seemed to really take off more so overseas than in the states what do you attribute that to well i, I think the, the thing was when break when when hip-hop started it was breaking that made hip-hop it's no ifs ands and buts because you had perk was playing here you had mario playing over that part of the bronx you had smokey playing over here you had uh bam playing over bronx river so you had different djs p dj jones all these different djs you know man boy flint flint boy all the you know, DJ, DJ down, downtown playing. Everybody had good DJs. Herc had that sound system that's like mm -hmm. Flash playing over, you know, like Flash in the South Bronx. So you yeah. had guys who had, except for the DJs that were downtown up in the Bronx, they didn't have that kind of sound system. Because Herc had that system, that blew everybody out the water. Yeah, yo. His, his system, he, they called the Herculoid. His system, they were putting like little baby speakers together, wiring like five speakers together. <laughs> Her come out with a big joint, like, you know, a, a concert speaker, because his father was in a Jamaican band. So the point was, is that you had that music, you had the B-Boys did rock it every, and every week people came to see the B-Boys and the B-Girls dance. So Her spot became the place. You had Coke on the mic, Her playing that crazy music, and the B-Boys and B-Girls dance, everybody came. So even like Smokey had the Smokertrons. But Bobo came to become a Herculoid. He came from 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 um, Smokey. James Bond came from Smokey. Sister wow. Boo came from Smokey. Mother Earth came from Smokey. Those were Smokey's dancers who came to Herc. Go go over to the to the to the South Bronx, the the, uh, the, uh, the Zulu Kings, Pow Wow, and Charlie Rock. Norman, they had to come to Herc's. You had to cut your teeth at Herc's parties. Everybody, mm. Flash had to come to Flash, Melly Mel. They were B boys. They had to come to Herc's parties. Everybody had to come to her party because Herc was the place to be. That was the place. Herculoids, to be. man. I used yeah. to hear some stories about the Herculoids. I heard they was a little rough too, son. <laughs> no, we was up. We was no, now back in the days. Now some people, you know, into that life. That's just the way it was, though. You know, that was that's the life. You know, but you yeah, couldn't be in Herc doing that crazy stuff, though. They ain't talking about that. I always knew where a good party was or a good jam was when I was little. Because anytime I heard Apache. I would go in that direction. Mm -hmm. you know? I swear. Yeah. That's when you know you. That's when you know it was popping off. When you heard Apache going off, go that way. You knew that was a good move, right? That was a good move going that way, man. Yeah. Pluto right Seven in. says. Pluto Seven says the U.S. doesn't respect the art form. What do you What do you think about that, Doug? Pluto is is a historian, and, and I credit him to all the stuff that we're doing now. 
I credit Pluto because Pluto started a, a, a page to, to, and they found all of us. We was all spread out all over the place. Mm-hmm. It was Pluto's research that brought us in one by one and we connected all the B-Boys from the 70s. Now, what happens is that after, after, after the B-Boy era, for, as far as we were concerned, started to die down, the Boricua brothers kicked it up and rocked it. They took it to a whole nother level. They were and doing Rock it from- Rocksteady and them? Rocksteady, before even TVB first, Rocksteady comes out of TVB. Okay. Mm. You know? So two of the members, three guys that started Rocksteady, Jimmy B, Jimmy Lee, Jimmy D, and JoJo. Jimmy Lee and, G- and Jimmy D were from the Rock TVB. JoJo was like a free agent rocking on his own. And they all just sort of got together, started Rocksteady. After Rocksteady, you got Dynamic Rockets. Then you got the Incredible Breakers. Then you got the New York City Breakers. Then you had, you had you know, Floor Master Tops. You had Seven Deadly Sins. Mm. You know, um, uh, Crazy Commander. It was a whole lot of them. A whole lot of different groups. The biggest ones, though, became TVB to Rocksteady. But the first crew was really a Zulu. The Zulu Nation guys the first crew. Yeah. That was the first crew. Before them, it was a Zulu. It was the Herculoids. Us with the Herculoids first starting then come the Zulu Nation guys, the seven Zulu Zulu masters, five Zulu masters, excuse me, who then battled and it became ten to eleven Zulu kings. That was the Zulu kings: so Ahmed, Aziz, um, Shaka, who just passed away. God bless his soul. Squirpy, um, we, he was at the Captain Ward last year. Yeah. Um, Zambu, and um, who was the last? I said yeah. Um, Shaka, Shaka, Ahmed, Zambu. Aziz and who was the last one? It's five. It's five Zulu Zulu kings, Zulu masters, and then we go five more. It's Charlie Rock, um, uh, Pow Wow, Marcus. They became they became the Zulu. Baby uh, little boy Keith. They became the Zulu kings. So to become a Zulu king, you either dance against one of the Zulu masters, and, and you know either go toe to toe or beat one to become a Zulu king. Yeah, and this sounds like, sound like Shala versus the Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah, it could be. And that's how, that's the first crew. Zulu's the first, that's the first crew. Right. So they took what we was doing and, and bumped it up. Now yeah. TVB comes along and, and Batch, who helped start TVB, they come in for, they was a graffiti crew. They come in, they start rocking with, with, you know, doing the rock dance and add that into it. And it just sort of blended again, blended again. So then after that, so towards the end of the 70s, I was going to college and I had, I had kids. I was going to college and stuff like that. I was going to clubs downtown. I'm going to 371 with Hollywood. I'm going to, to the fever, you know? I, you know, I, I, I sort of graduated out from the Hurt parties. But yeah. the Bonica Brothers was rocking it, you know, not, you know, going to get down on Times Square, on the train station, you know? And, and somebody just say it was like they was on cardboard. They was on cardboard at first. That didn't come to like the, the beginning of the 80s, yeah. you right. know, on the cardboard stuff. This is the 70s. And see, at that point, then Rappers of Light comes out and the rappers so, so guys like like Melly Mel and Flashroom, now they become rappers, rap yeah. became the thing. And so rap becomes synonymous being hip hop. But they forgot it was the first element being not even graffiti, but the first element that really rocked it was the B-boys. We done we phased out. It, it hit when it hit the rest of the world with, with Beat Street and Flash right. Dance and other stuff, hit yeah. the rest of the world, they picked it up and went crazy with it. We sort of graduated out of it and been like, yeah, we did that. You know, been there, done that. It mm. sort of died out for us, but now that's, it's coming back up again. That's what that's what I was gonna say though. Like somebody somewhere saw the opportunity to monetize it and said like, "Oh, there's this great art form, this dance, whatever." And I think back then, even you would hear people say, "Yo, this is street dance." People <laughs> use the terminology like street dance, but then we had the wild style, we had the beat street, 
We had um, breaking, breaking, and breaking to me was like the least accurate representation of what that was. That pop dance actually was. But I'm just I'm wondering, like from your perspective, like because um, it seems like this happens in all elements of hip hop, right? Like somebody from the outside comes in and figures out a way to um, to monetize it. Back then, did people actually have the 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 foresight to see that yo, this is something that could potentially be profitable? Nah, nah. Nah, we were just having fun. Mm-hmm. And I look and see now, after we, we left the scene when Dynamic and Rocksteady, you know, they were touring around the world. Incredible Breakers, the New York City Breakers, they were still performing for the presidents and stuff. They're going all over yeah. the world performing, you know, literally. So they started monetizing. I'm not even sure if they made the money. Maybe their managers might have made the money. But they didn't make all that, that much money. But they still was actually going around the world. So you could, even girls like Honey Rockwell, you know, um, Asia, uh, um, uh, Rockefeller, you know, the, the girl breakers, you know, who are still breaking too. So they all touring around Ooh, the world man. showing the art from, the, you know, the New York City way, you know? Yeah. But the bottom line was that did they think about they monetize it like this? No, it's in Disney now. It's in the movies. It's, it's everywhere. Well, everything we're doing, you watch kids on, on, on movies now. I was in Paris. I was in Paris in, at a club in Paris and I seen like eight guys. Paris, you know, um, Parisians, mm-hmm. and a, a real fat boy, they making fun of the fat boy, he gets down and starts trying to do my move, I'm standing right next to him saying, <laughs> you don't even know that's my <laughs> move, he's standing, standing right next to him, they wouldn't even know that, because they just having fun with it, but it's all over the world, so, yeah, bro, 60 countries, man, between Korea, <laughs> Japan, Canada, Paris, what, all over, all over the what globe. was the catalyst though what was the catalyst for the shift that made it go from all right this is something that's being done on the street to wait a minute this is now something that's being done where you dancing for the president like what what happened that made them say like wait a minute this is there's value in this this needs to be embraced the, the art is such it's such an expressive art when you when you talk to people who actually were dancers a lot of guys came from like really kind of bad circumstances you know abusive homes you know, foster care, uh, you know, the gang life, you know, it was a lot of crazy shit going on back, excuse my life, stuff going on back in those days that you go, you got to escape, you go into this old dance place and you were a good dancer, you go to this one place and you just like let it out. All, the, all that frustration, all the stuff inside you, that was your vehicle to get away from the world. Mm-hmm. And if you were a good dancer, you know, you can look at a guy like Alien Ness, watch him, I mean, this kid is like phenomenal, you know, and you could see you could look at him and say, he's a super intelligent person, but he's also a phenomenal dancer. He's a biker, so I'm trying to look at him and say, he's a biker. This guy could be immense, but he's a biker, mm. but you give him that dance floor with him, he gonna light you up, well, you know? Yeah. And when people see that dance, they're like, it's so it's so much expression because every every B-boy has his own moves. That you, you can't, you can do certain moves. Like when we first started, no one could do the other move. You had your own move. Nobody could do your, do, do your move. That, that was big. Nowadays, they got <laughs> set moves that everybody does. You know? That was like biting. He was biting, right? Oh yeah, biting, biting. Get your get your lip, get your lip split. You know. <laughs> oh. That's a fact. You know what? My my term. I always thought B boys was the fly dude, and this, and this is the reason why I learned fashion. When I see what I thought was a B boy, his British walkers matches Lee's matches DVD matches fucking uh, his do rag. And I've always watched, yo, that's how you knew what to wear. You watch a B-boy, because of how you post it up. 
with his joint, you know what I mean? With his whether his his Lee suit had a had a, a a graffiti joint up the leg on the back of his coat. It was a style. That's how I thought. That's what I thought. B boy. I thought B boy fly dude. It was. It, but you know what though? Early on, we wore Kangos, right? Mock necks. Yeah. If you had some money, you went down from. with AJ Lester. You know. And you got your mock necks, you got the different color mocks, you the Phil Crownfield. You know, you got your matching pants, you know, your seer sucker, your double dip pants, your Playboys. <laughs> you know? So that that was people. And I was wearing fur coats. I had a, it wasn't a, a rabbit. I had a rabbit. <laughs> but, but but you wearing a velour hat. I'm wearing yeah. a suit. I'm wearing a suit. I'm I'm breaking the door on suit. Because yeah. we we thought we was gangsters back then. You know, we thought we were untouchables. That was the show back in the day. Everybody would be Frank Nitty. Back in them days, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would be Elliot Ness. Everybody would be Frank Nitty. <laughs> Man, was Cool Hurt back then who he is now in terms of personality? He was crazy then. He's crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> Herc is my dude. Y'all know how much I, you know, you know how much I love Herc. Herc, Herc will come off with you like you're crazy, but you see, get up close to him. He's a big, he's just a big, he's a big softy. Right, he's yeah. a big softy. But Herc, but Herc was, you know. We used to mess with a lot of people though. Like Flash would come, he'd be like, yo, Flash, listen to the to the bass. Boom, the boom, the boom, boom. Here's the mid-range. You know, if Flash, but Flash said that made him go back and, 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 and you know, yeah. you know, get his game up. Go because Kirk would mess with him so much, you know. Herc was Herc was just Herc, you know. Yeah. You know? That's who he was. Herc one time I was I was going to the Twilight Zone, and we, the Twilight Zone was like go up these stairs. It's a church now. Up on Burnside and your know, Jerome, and okay. you go up the stairs and hurt me the top of the stairs. Be like, you can come up. You over there, you can come up, and you down there, you can come up. And you got to like fight your way through the crowd. And so Hurt told me to come up. This guy said, "Yo, Hurt, you dead man? You say lay down yet?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, Hurt was like, "Yeah," and Hurt said, "Yeah, that's why your ass ain't getting in." <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, Kurt. Um, yeah, cool, Hurt. I, I did. I had the opportunity to um to interact with him. Like, yeah, he's definitely um a character. <laughs> like interacting with. Him. Well, his contribution is undeniable, man. Oh, and, he's he's, you know, he's, he's the father. He's the father of hip hop. Yeah. Hands down. I just wish that he that that he could be compensated as yeah. the, the 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 father of it. And you know, like we always talk about a lot on this podcast, the continuum of like people. Sadly, the people who were first through they pay dues and they don't get the wage of the, the people who come along um, later. But, you know, at least people, I, I feel like universally it's recognized that he's the person that fathered hip hop. Yeah, he is, he is. And, and, and in terms of being a pioneer, most pioneers never get the credit for it. You look at the guys in the NFL, guys, you know, playing with broken ribs and, you know, mm-hmm. eye sockets halfway fractured and they dragging, you know, the leg, leg split, yeah. ACL torn. They still out there playing. They got $50,000 a year. Yeah. If that, they was probably a plumber in the off season. Yeah, and now they they, they break a nail. They go, oh, oh, and getting fifty million. They go, oh, oh, my nails broke. I can't play. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about the creation of the Breaking Hall of Fame. You know, what, what made you start it, and why it's important? Well, actually, when I started it, we did, there was a there was a legacy committee for the Olympics, and there was a discussion about it about we should do a Hall of Fame. And I, I forgot the guy who said it though. And we were thinking that's like, a good idea. We bounced around some ideas, but we just never got to doing it, you know? And so like I always tell people, I said, I'm not one to sit around. I mean, I see the goal. I take off after the goal, whatever it is. So 
the first thing we did was we tried to recognize the Herculoids and then I said the Zulu Kings and TVB because that's really the first generation guys plus the Zulu Kings and the, and the um, and TVB are like the, the seeds that really start the whole thing to go. So that was in 2021. And then to follow up, I said the first official class going in, let's recognize the biggest crews that made everything jump. So we got uh, Rocksteady in, we got Dynamic, the Dynamic Rockers in, we got the Incredible Breakers in, um, we got the uh, New York City Breakers, original New York City Breakers in, and we got the Air Force squad from the West Coast. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest crew out from the West Coast too to recognize them. Because a lot of times people go about to just the East Coast guys and don't and forget about the West Coast. Yeah. So my thing is always be all inclusive. So the next thing I said, matter of fact, on top of that, the crews, let's recognize the individual people who really were blazers, like Alien-S. Also Beaver, who was a baby Zulu, who a lot of people credit from the uh, Rocksteady crew and, and credit Beaver as being the first one that they saw who did all these kind of real fly moves. That he was one of the best dancers. He was always a baby Zulu. He was called Baby Shaka mm. um, from, from Squirpy, from Shaka. But he, they recognized Beaver saying Beaver was the first one they really saw that, that, that set it off for them. But then saying Beaver and Ellie Ness for the individual Blaze Awards. Then we said, we also want to recognize some other people like Fable, who was a pop locker, who was, you know, pop master, uh, pop master Fable, and, and Quick Step. And then we said, on top of the, the first, the, the, the crews, the Blazers, and then we went for the international awards. So I got Sadowski from Poland, who helped start in Poland, and Carlito from Ecuador, who wow. helped start. Now you look at some of these people that in some of these countries, like in Peru, they would get beat by the police because they were doing an American yeah. dance wow. at that time. When Pinot was the was the president, you know, a dictator, if they couldn't do something American, they would beat them. Or mm -hmm. or, or one of the girls from um, Uruguay who had to dress like a boy for like six months because they wouldn't let girls dance, break dance. Mm -hmm. And she'd dress with a dress with a hat on and, and hide her stuff for a whole four or five months, six months, before they finally got too hot one day and she just know the jig was up, that she was actually a girl, you know? <laughs> but that's that serious dedication to the game. You right. know, they were serious about the game. And so we got the international awards in. And then finally, I said the most important award was the culture passing the torch to say, you kept this thing going. So you got people like Honey Rockwell and, Or and, or and Orko, who, Orko's one of the West Coast guys, but they're married. Honey Rockwell has a school in, in Georgia here. You got Asia Yu, who does the B-Boy Summit, out in, you know, from, she's in Colorado, but out in, in California, who does the, the summit, you know? The B-Boy Summit, which was going for the 20 some odd years. Then right. you got um, Chris Cross, Cross One, who did the, um, the freestyle session for like over 20 some odd years. And finally, you had Rockefeller and Quickstep who do it in the New York area. So these are the people who actually kept the culture going throughout the years. And I said, we're gonna recognize them. So every year, those four categories, you're gonna recognize crews, individual blazers, um, international B-boys, B-girls, B-boys and B-girls, and also the most important one is the, is the culture one, kept the culture going. Yeah. So, you know, one of my concerns is that with the Olympics around the corner and now it's becoming, a, you know, more prevalent and the popularity swinging back around to it is that corporations are going to come in, swoop down again and yet again, figure out another way to further monetize it. And then the people who actually have been consistent and dedicated to the craft behind the scenes, putting in that work are going to get cut out. 
What do you think that um, that folks could do to make sure that the corporations don't take it over this time? That's a hard one because, you know, you wave a couple of dollars in front of some people, they'll sell you down the river. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just unfortunate. That's just, you know, human beings being what it is. A lot of people, like my thing is, I'm trying to make sure that all the pioneers get compensated. Because there's guys out there, I mean, literally, literally, we had guys who didn't have gas to even get to the, to the award ceremony. Wow. And these are guys who actually started this dance. The people making billions off of this. Yeah. And people are struggling who actually are the ones who actually made this dance what it is today. Mm. And so my goal was to say, let's number one, number one, get them recognized, get it recognized by the state, by the Congress, and everything, showing these are the people who actually did this. And then let's go try to how we monetize it, saying, if they're going to go out and say, number one, you want somebody that's going to represent what this is, talk to these people. Because yeah. these are the ones who actually did it first. It's so yeah. many of us that, that you can pick anybody that's going to go out and represent and say, I know it because I was there. When someone tell me, like when someone tell me about a hurt party, and they're like, they telling me where the hurt party was at. And I'm like, you know, who are you? You'd be like, you was 12, like you wasn't even born yet. You know? He's a, and you know who's saying that? A choreographer from Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But even some of these rappers, you know, and I say some rappers say, well, you know, Coke didn't rap. Like, who told you that? You know, who told you that? Somebody told you that. But I can sit there and tell you some of his rap off the top of my head. Because yeah. I know I was there. But because someone told you or someone told him, someone told somebody, and they told you something erroneous, and the story kept going, going, and going, y'all still saying the same thing, but you don't know, you know, excuse me, what y'all talking about. Because yeah. you wasn't there. You know, so that's why I tell God, one guy told me one time, he said, well, I, I, I created the hustle. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Well, I didn't create the hustle. I can't speak to that. Because I, I learned to do the hustle. Mm-hmm. I could hustle my behind off, but I didn't create the hustle. So I said, well, maybe you did. But you can't tell me about breakdancing because you're going to tell me about breakdancing. You wasn't there. I was there. So I can tell you about this. I can't tell you about that. If you tell me you created the hustle, you can have that. Because I Yo, don't know. Who, who created the hustle? Didn't you say your mom taught you how to do the hustle? My oh, yeah. That's the whole thing. My mom told me how to do the hustle when people came over. My son can do the hustle. Watch it. Right in the middle. Right? Living room doing the hustle, bro. Yeah. Hustle is part about, about chips. You know, Mad Hatter. That's the hustle kid. You know, hustle was part about dancing, you know, repertoire. You had to be able to hustle, and be able to slow dance, and you had to be able to, 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 to break dance. Mm-hmm. You know? That's it. Yeah. Let me tell you, every party I went to, Chicks is waiting for Rob to come because I know how to help <laughs> There you go. Oh, man. Pluto says the people on the U.S. Olympic board are B-girls and B-boys. I think that'll definitely help. I just know that I fully got myself ready that the commercials are going to be. It's going to be a McDonald's commercial with somebody breakdancing, a T-Mobile one. Everybody um, and their mom. You know, it's going to be at all. The the, the NBA, halftime, whatever it is, everything is going to be about breaking now. And... Oh, yeah. You know, again, like I, I agree with you. I hope that the people who actually were the founding fathers of it can capitalize and eat off of it. And it's just not McDonald's making money off of it, you know, and say, hey, well, here's the sponsorship. Here's a gift card for $100 worth of Big Macs. You know, you didn't sold out your whole culture for $500. And that's that's what that's what it's going to be. You know, with the Olympics coming around, it's going to be big money behind breaking. It is. It is. What, what's your feelings of it reaching the Olympics? I think it's a great thing, you know, because well, a lot of people get mad saying you look at it as being a sport. It doesn't change who we are. If you're a b-boy of this culture, you was a b-boy of this culture. You're a b-girl of this culture, you was a b-girl of this culture. If someone goes out and competes 
Just like you go into a, to a battle, you get the against somebody, you're battling. You know? Mm, right. Now, the thing is, it opens up opportunities. It's, it's part of the evolution. Because it evolved. It kept it kept evolving. I just, I just tell everybody, they were fighting about who was the first one, who was the first one. I said, that's the most ridiculous argument in the world. It's who's next. Mm. Forget who was first. Who's next? If you don't have a next, it dies. dies you yeah. always need another next. You always need another next. Now we evolve into something to the Olympics. That's a beautiful thing because now it opens the door for the rest of the world. Let's talk about the shadows as being, you know, that hood, the hood, hood kid dance, like, dance to dance. something that's recognized. And now you get schools coming out where people can go and, and teach in schools, get curriculums at the universities to go out and teach about what you know about this culture. So it's a lot mm. of opportunities there. Hopefully, right. we can capitalize on it. Not right. just yep. not just them, right. but we can capitalize on our culture. All right, so here's, so, so here's a million dollar question. You've been around the world and seen people dance. Is the USA bringing home the gold? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say that. You know that? But listen, listen, USA just won the, the Red Bull BC1 joint, right? Right, yeah. We just won that. So, hey, I'm not saying on top of my head. I mean, we just won the Red Bull BC1 was, was, was USA, so yeah. I'm going, I'm going to the USA. Yeah, I agree. I agree with this. The culture has to be proactive. I think it does. I think though, sometimes, sadly, I think that um, sometimes when you get bogged down the actual create creative portion of things in the artistic piece, sometimes you lose sight of the actual monetization of it. And there are other people that's watching on the side, like, hmm, they can make money. I can make money off of that, you know. And then we we always end up getting the short end of the stick. But I do see the Olympics as an opportunity to further advance the art and to restore limelight um to it what did you think about when you first saw like those movies the the representation uh, um of breaking like you know like from wild style to b street to breaking and i'm i'm yeah i was young then and i looked at the difference between wild style from wild style to breaking and i from seeing breaking i was like this is not an accurate representation of what the, the dances like this is like the the glamorized colorful version the, the technicolor disney version of a break dancer, although it was universally recognized in the hood that Turbo was a great dancer. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And matter of fact, it broke my heart because Shabadu, when I was, we, we, we were we were on a, a b-boy call every Tuesday at nine o'clock for like two years, mm. and I was going to California interview him, and he died. Wow! Right before I interviewed him. So, so to show you how important it is, my I tell you this one story. Well, you know, um, Shnar, I interviewed Curtis Blow, Little Left. From the from in New York City Breakers, Wallace D. It took me two years to find Wallace D. One, he was one of the very, the very first guys put up. Trixie, Wallace D., me, Teeny Rock. From the very first, all the older guys. The first was the very first ones. Right, right. It took me two years to find them. Well, that particular day, we did Wallace D. and Trixie, who found out in the car that they were actually cousins. They didn't know they were cousins. They were found they were cousins while we were driving to the interview up at the, up the office there. Yeah. Two weeks later, we were, while we were doing an interview, Wallace said, man, it's, you know, it's, it's real good we all together now. You know, it's a great thing, boom, boom, boom. We're still alive, looking good. Two weeks later, I'm in Mexico. I get a phone call about three o'clock. Wallace, he had a heart attack and died. Mm. About seven o'clock, I got another phone call. Curtis Blow had a heart attack and lived. On that same day, both of them had heart attacks. One died, one lived. I also interviewed a brother named Video from Ready to Rock crew that came out of TBB. He caught brain cancer, he died. I've talked to Shabadoo on the phone for two years, you know, 
we're gonna have to go, go interview him right before I get go out to California. He died. Then we then we got Sh- um, um, Shaka Squirpy, who got the award for the Zulu Kings last year. I'm at Red Bull calling him saying, "Yo, where you at? Come get tickets for the for the for the BC one thing. Where you at? I'm calling, calling, calling." He had died that day. Mm. One of the Zulu masters, the, the, the original five Zulu masters, Shaka. So, so it's critical that we get our history documented because everybody's not gonna be around all the time. Right, right, you know, right, right. You know, and so when you see people that was in these movies, I used to see people, I'm going to be honest, I used to see, it's like, we get 73, 77, I was promoting parties. Kirk, mm-hmm. Kirk was playing our parties at the promenade. I took Kirk out to Queens College to play. He lit Queens College up in 77. They were like, what the hell is this? Kirk lit him up. Kirk, I played played at Baruch one time. We played at um, at the promenade by Marble Hill, by JFK High School, okay. twice. Kirk, Kirk played for me. He told me I don't play for nobody. Only person I played for was you. That's because that was my man. But, but the thing was though is that when I used to see people dance like you know end of the seventies, I'm like, y'all still doing this, you know? And I'm not seeing a, you see on a train in 1980. Y'all still doing this? 85. Y'all still doing this? You know? I never thought it would keep on going. So that's why I say it's it's a credit to the people who kept it going. That's why they use this ridiculous argument about blacks and Puerto Ricans. I'm saying. That's the most dumb, that's the dumbest argument in the world. Yeah. We we were like this. We were the same hood together, same right. tenements together. Mm-hmm. And they try to separate us. I said they can't separate us because without us, it's no them. Without them, it's no us. Yeah. You know? We yeah. all together, we like this. That's why I tell people, cut, cut that crap out. Let the, that's ignorance trying to separate us. First of all, you came out the hood, out the projects. How cool was you blowing up? Was you living like you know the fresh prince of Bel Air? You live the projects. <laughs> cut that out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh man, you talk about documenting. Talk, tell us about the documentary that you're working on. Oh yeah, man, we did like over 170 interviews, and now we're getting ready to go to the to the part to start to transcribe. We're doing the storyboard now to start transcribing. I've been writing the storyboard up, showing the actual flow, which I've done, and pulled the interviews out for each one. And then I told this one guy, Dan, who's come uh, from from Red Bull, who's kind of helped me with the editing to in January. So hopefully that works to get this editing done. I want to drop it by the summertime, by August mm-hmm. 11th. That's my goal to get out by August 11th. That's it. Documentary. Excuse me. How long you been working on it? Oh, since 2017, I think. Yeah, quite a few years. Yeah, because we, we got shut down for COVID. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, but was documentary on Netflix had approached Kurt to do the documentary about just about the first generation guys. Mm. And Kurt got sick with his, you know, his heart, heart heart failure. Sure. He asked me to pick it up. So I decided not to do it about the first generation, but to do it to show the comprehensive move, to show everybody how it moved from the beginning all the way to where we are today. So I, I changed the, the, the scope of it. But I'm glad I did that because now you can actually see how the dance evolved. You can see the moves evolve. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so you see, as I said, on one at the bottom, you have a timeline. But the, 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 on the graph, you have the timeline showing 73 to where you are, 75 when this happened, 76, 77, 79, 81, all these things happening. Then you also have a progress line. You see how the dance got better and better and better. So that chronological line is the bottom showing the dates. The, the progress line is up the top going up. The dance keeps evolving and keeps going. And you see the bump, the first bump from burning to breaking. Next bump, mm-hmm. add the rock dance in. Next bump, add the power moves in. The acrobatics, right. you know. And then you go to where now it's just straight 
they got they wow. put, a, a, put a dog a helmet on like they don't stay in space. Where's where's it at that they um that they created the mural for you? Uh Uganda. In Uganda. That's cool. My, my, my man uh Alex did that for me. Uh, a V boy out there. And I thought he was joking when he said he's gonna do it for me, but he, he was serious, you know. <laughs> I was thought, I thought he's like, Ooh. yeah, right, you do a mural, yeah, right, you know. Nah, that's yeah. dope, man. That's to have a mural out there. You come on, son. Who does that? Yeah, that's that's a good look, but I'm pr- I can't I can't tell you how proud I am about how things are going with this B boy thing. Even last night, to go see Curtis Blow at the um the dude hip hop Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. You know, to see him. After what he went through, having like heart attack, heart failure, all these different things he went through multiple times. He couldn't even leave countries because his heart was so bad. He couldn't even fly. And he got a new heart. He got a heart transplant. And I interviewed him, I think it was in 20, again, in 20, 2020, I think it was, out in California. And he was like, you know, talking, labored breath. Mm-hmm. And now he's out there doing his thing, back to being Curtis Blow again. I, I, a whole new engine. Yeah, he got a whole new engine in him now. Yo, bro, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Being <laughs> Curtis is battle. We was like 15. He's a battle. Before he's a rapper, he's a b boy. Right. Before he's a rapper, he's a b boy. We used to go at it, you know. And I love that, bro. I mean, I, I love that book my heart. So to see that touched me. Yeah. And then the very end, he introduced me to the crowd. there saying, you know, this is the first b boy. And every like the whole crowd was giving a standing ovation to the cast. They turned and looked at me, gave me like an ovation too. And I was like, damn, you know, I'm like, yo, you don't get this. You, the proud moments I get with this, I can't, I can't pay money for this. Yeah, I couldn't pay money, man. I love this. I love this art so much. You know, being one of the people that have started, but I love it because I see what it does. Breaking unites everybody. Yeah. Across borders, we go across racial lines, we go across language. Everything is. You see people to see in this dance, they look, they nod at each other. And it's called, they start doing their thing, you know? They don't speak the same language, but that, that language is the dance. And it's all over the place. We got 30 million people that do this dance now. 30 million people. 30 million, brother, from our dance, from the Bronx. In yeah. Harlem, too. Because we had, you had Billy Bill, you know, Curtis Blow, those boys from the Hill, Danny Blue from the Hill, Carl Wright, um, Black Tom from Drew Hamilton. So you had Harlem B-Boys, too. Just like the twins would go to Chuck Center. That was a spot in Harlem called Chuck Center. Mm. They would go down there and practice their moves down there and go to dance country to come back to the Bronx too, you know? And Clark yeah. Kent, you know, those guys. You know, but you had such great dancers though. You know, it's lovely, folks. I love them. Yeah. Oh man, that's it's 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 exciting. And I know you didn't you didn't travel around the country I, all over the world for the interview. So I'm looking forward to it. I've you know I've been fortunate enough to see like some of the the, the the clips of it and you know like I said I was present for some of them and listen to people tell, tell their stories and just the different timelines and everything and I think that stuff like this is important for uniting people and I also think it's important like I said like just to keep the culture alive and to keep the culture pure you know where it actually belongs because I don't know if you heard before we, before we brought you in but I'm fearful like 50 years from now when the story's told if the story's still going to be a representation of us as being the pioneers of it, or if it's gonna be somebody else. You know, I sent you that clip of the man who said he created the electric slide. He said, <laughs> he said, he said, he created the electric slide, he created pop locking, he created robot, he created break dancing, he created the Waybo, the Waybo. He said he created the Waybo. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. So he was crazy. But you know what's crazy? Him. DXT called me last summer, this past summer, and said he wanted to go to China, he wanted me to go to him to China because some kids were saying in China that that breakers came out of Kung Fu and they wanted to sit and have a, a panel about that. Wow. 
Wow. I wouldn't even entertain that BS. Get the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to try to, but your point is right. Everyone's trying to steal this culture and adopt it because, because, let me say this too, it's their culture now too. Because mm. they've been right. doing it. You know, they've been doing, they've been doing so it so long now because it's their mm -hmm. culture. But now they're going to change the, the history of it. That's what we got to make sure we, we document our history. That's important. It's critical. Yeah, yeah. Afternoon L MTL B-Boy said it's already changing. Yeah, as I said, like before you know it, it's gonna be uh Jeffrey Smith from uh from Beverly Hills, the world known choreographer, was the first person who decided that he was gonna backspin. And when he created the backspin, that's look, that's just how it is, you know. And yeah. sadly people will go with it because Jeffrey Smith will be the dude who probably have the monetization, he'll show that he monetized it and people will take that as well. I mean, if you look at other things that don't have anything to do with this, historically, this is what we've been up against in terms of when you look at the inception of stuff. Um, that's, that's you get the words, his story. That's mm -hmm. his story. If he's the one who put the story out there, it becomes his story. That's the only person that's out there. That's what the, the people gonna come to believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's the new one. I never heard that kung fu one before. I've heard other variations of it, but I've never. I've never Anybody will take a shot with stealing it, man, if they can, bro. They would try to rewrite it in a second. Please, you know what though? Now, now I told, like I told GST, I said, you know what? Now the truth is, a lot of guys who, who did break dance early on did martial arts. Mm -hmm. I, I did it. A lot of guys did martial arts. Back then, yes, sir. You yeah, but those were not martial arts moves. You know what I'm saying? You know, you might have been flexible from doing martial arts. You uh -huh. might have had some, but those were not martial art moves. You know, they, the original moves came out of from soul dancing. Mm -hmm. The soul dancing, the original stuff came to soul dancing. The next thing came with the bump, came out from the um, the the the, 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 the chinglings when 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 the Boricua brothers brought in the, the rock dance. That was from the gangs that that was you know the back in those days. You know, so you get the chinglings. Those those the rock dance came from that part of it, but that's not no doggone, you know, uh, I don't want to say some some guy from Harley. I just say some guy from Hollywood, Beverly Hills, saying he created this. You know, no, he did not. He did, and, 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 and the thing is though, I understand everybody wants the credit for that, you mm -hmm. know. But I tell everybody, it's enough credit to go around because as long as you on that long line, 73, 75, 77, 79, 84, you on that line. I tell all the people that I meet how young they are we on one line together it's one line one long line i'm here in 73 you might be in 2022 but we on that line together that's one line mm -hmm. we on that line together so we ain't got to fight about that we ain't got to fight about that where are you on the line what did you do to make the dance better and yes right. dance? Yeah. that's the that's everybody the contributed everybody contributed to some different element of it right that's it what did you do to make the dance better you made a new move like like kid freeze Kid Freeze did the, you know, the, the, the head spins, continuous head spins. He, did he make, he's the first guy to do head spin? No. Did he do it to this kind of music this way? Yes. That's what made this dance a little bit better. The backspin, told the Victor Glide, you know, Victor or, 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 or Lil Lep saying he did one move where he flipped, went flying to the air and nearly killed himself, <laughs> but landed on his feet. He was like, all right, that works. Yeah, they was like, "Oh, that's fine. Yeah, do that again." I can't do that again. You know, a lot of moves came out of mistakes. Now, a lot right. of people got hurt doing this stuff too, though. Yeah. You know, you know, like Kim, the girl Kimikaze. You know, she got she told me about the thing she went through. You know, dancing. Um, what do they call it? The the uh, the, 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 the incredible the the. I'm sorry to, to, to ruin their name, 
the the the, the, uh, the dynamic dogs. Dynamic dogs. That was her name. Dynamic dogs. Right. Dynamic dogs. So she's spinning somebody on her head and spinning on, on her wrist this way. Spinning. They spin around like they're on top of her head, and she's spinning around this way. That takes a lot. Victor got. Let me tell you, story, Victor got shot in his neck, but because he was doing so many head spins, the next the muscle of his neck stopped the bullet hit the artery. Damn. Saved his life. You see what I'm saying? That's what this dance can do. You know what I'm saying? Then people don't realize that's what this dance can do. <laughs> you stop bullets. Stops bullets. You know what I'm saying? Stops bullets. You know, because I talk about it's so many dancers, man. I hate to believe people like to say, Doug, bring shot me out. It's so many people I've met along the way doing the interviews that have impressed me and showed me what they've done to make this dance better, you know? And like, like I'll say, like Orko Ork and Honey, they, they're married. They're down here in Georgia. They're doing all these things down here in the Southeast region for the kids. You yeah. know, you know, it's it's beautiful. You know, it's it's beautiful. I just, you know, you but you see people who keep on who are really stalwart for making this dance better and making it better and making it better and, make, and then mm. teaching somebody else to make it better. And these kids are making. That's why you can't tell to tell some kids because the kids have their own creativity. They're right. doing stuff now I didn't conceive of doing. Right. Didn't even conceive. But like Charlie Rock always says, Charlie Rock, oh no, in the Zulu King, Charlie Rock said, there is no Lamborghini without a Model T Ford. And yeah. That's what you got to remember. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, because the United States is extremely competitive, maybe some federal dollars will go behind helping to cultivate the dance, depending on how people finish in the Olympics. Yeah. You know, they want to fund it to make sure that competition come into play before you know it. It's going to be all kind of breakdancing schools popping up from grants. That's right. right. That's right. So, which to me is, I mean, that's a, a good thing. Can you share with us um, some legendary B-Boy stories, like battles that may have occurred? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you get that clip I sent you? No, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Oh, but tell, okay. tell, tell, everybody, okay. tell everybody about it. <laughs> okay. Now, now, Trixie, Trixie is the first is the first breakdancer. That was Herc's guy. He's the very first breakdancer. Me and Trixie would go at it. We'd go at it. I came from Harlem, so I come to the Bronx because my girlfriend lived in the Bronx at that time. Lived on the block on University Avenue, Burnside. And I, cool Herc and Coke would go to our house. I met them there. They told me about coming down to 1520 to the parties there, into the Twilight Zone, into the Heat Below, to the executive playoffs. As a matter of fact, this shirt, you got all the original people there on this one shirt. Oh, yeah. You got Bobo, Sasa, Trixie, you know, Curtis Blow. I, I don't have like Billy Bill on here. But I got, you know, Darlene, Aileen Gracie, Chip, the Mad Hatter, T.D. Rock, my man, Wallace D. Little James Bond over here. The Twins over here. So knowing that, that, uh, that we used to go, me and Trixie go at it. Because I come up there, he's established already. I walk in the door. I'm from downtown, and we going at it every week. We going at it. Trixie, we going at it, going. And I, I I'm starting. He said he, he said he don't remember that part. But he pulls out a bumblecloth dildo and falls <laughs> to the ground with a dildo and starts drinking. The crowd went crazy. Oh, my to God. this day, to this day, people be like, "Yo, I mean, I was talking to these kids from Germany, and they were like, I heard about the dildo story. Who was that? That you?" I said, no, I'm the guy who put the dildo on. You know? <laughs> but see, that was a burn move, right? But it was hilarious. It was the funniest in the world. I mean, yo, it caught me off guard. So then me and my man Teeny, we went back and learned how to do the Charleston and the Lindy Hop. Carl Wright was like, yo, learn how to do the Lindy Hop. 
we could we took the Charleston Lindy I put it together on Give It Up, Turn It Loose. And we got him and him and Wallace and we starts him on that. He's like, Yeah, we got you down. We was doing the Lindy doing flips, don't be all around. I mean, just flip them, wow, do wow. the Lindy got on Give It Up, Turn It Loose. On clap your hands up, stomp your feet up. And we started off that way. He came up, started doing flips and stuff like this. But that's Chilling. how the creativity was. Those right, were the battles. The now, the next legendary battle everyone talks about is Lincoln Center. With Rocksteady and Dynamic went at it. That's mm. the next big, big battle that's legendary in the B, you know, B-Boy history world of those two crews going at it. But early on, and then you also have where Sasa battles Trixie. When Trixie, he, Sasa's one of the younger guys. He became, a, he's up and coming, baddest boy coming up. Sasa goes to, to well, sorry, Trixie goes and, try, and challenges Sasa. And he pulls, he pulls the dildo out again, but, but Sasa had saw it already and came with a scissor. But that's how crazy, but we at her party, all kinds of the crowd going crazy. It was just always something. She wasn't something new every week. Because everybody came to see something new every week. So every week you tell something something new, something new. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And when you get in that circle, it's just you that work that person, that circle, it's like a blur. It's just you and that person you just, in your dance. You like caught in your, in your movement. You just like you know you. It just take like the spirit takes over you. You know you just you just like go with the flow because it's so much creativity going on. But your body's telling you the music hitting you. People screaming. Music, man. Yeah. Could you uh, imagine if there was camera phones back then? The kind of footage y'all. Oh had? man, man, brother! I wish to God they did, man. Yeah, it's, it's a shame we don't have it because if to see it as it started. And you could see how it evolved because it's not to like the, the, the 80s or the end of the 70s saw people like taking stuff like that. Yeah. But to see how it first started and everybody just dancing, having a good time. Because we were doing it for money. No one's thinking about the Olympics or, or right. traveling around the world for the right. so we all I want to do is become we were ghetto superstars. You yeah. want to get your reputation when you go to school, somebody like, oh, that's such and such. You that know, everybody smiling at you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's all it was. You was a ghetto superstar. Yeah. Oh man. So um, you gave us the date for when 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 the documentary is um, is expected. What else you got in the works in terms of um, everything that you're doing for B Boys and Breaking? Just the, the the Hall of Fame. That's my new thing. This Hall of Fame. This is this is my baby. We we got a new panel. We starting up. I think Asia, Asia, um, Honey Rockwell, um, um, Rockefeller, and Quickstep going to join us with us. I got you know I got. Taekwon, uh, Nemesis, Pluto just joined me. Pluto's a historian just joined me on you know for the, that panel. Then all the old guys, you know, the first generation guys. So we got three different panels now to draw on to start to pick pick people for each year. So we're gonna make sure that has to be recognized every year that we do that Hall of Fame every year. That's gonna be our thing. That's one thing. I'm gonna, even with the documentary, every year once the documentary is done, that's done. Every year is gonna be the Hall of Fame. That's gonna be my thing. Yeah. Make sure that that legacy is that people are recognized every year. Right. From, where, where they come from, from whatever Moscow, you know, Poland, right. Uruguay, whatever, you know, Africa, Uganda, yeah. whatever, you know, Middle East. They got the they got the, the, the middle Middle Beast crew. You got uh, <laughs> um, what do they call the Belgians? BWA Belgians with attitudes. Wow. You, know, you got all these different crews out there from all around the world. You know, um, oh. Um, OTC, which is the uh, the the crew from Moscow, they call me Grandpa. You know, 
you know, but that's cool because they recognize where we come from now. So yeah. making sure that people understand where this dance started at. And yeah. and because a lot of people associate flash dance and beast street as the beginning of it. Because that's really? the first they saw. Wow. Oh man, I, I, I well I guess from a commercial standpoint, yeah, and having yeah, that video. That's the only thing they were promoting. Yeah. yeah. That's the first mm. thing source. So they say associate that being the beginning of it. Hmm. That's interesting. So what 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 do they say about Cool Hurt when the Cool Hurt <laughs> element is introduced and they actually told that information? Is it received or do they say exactly Well they'll, they'll say they'll say you heard Cool Hurt, but they don't know who we are. But I said mm. we're the cool cool hurt. We're the Cool Herc dancers. So oh, when you think about it, it starts with Cool Herc, we're the people at the Cool Herc that, that started the dance part of it. Oh, cool okay. Herc was a DJ, but the one who started the breaking was us. We were the ones who started the breaking part of it. Mm. You know? Cause I was about to say, they just think poof, in it? 19, because B-Street came out what? 80s? 81, 82, something like that? 83? Uh, B-Street was later than that. I feel like B-Street might have been like mid-80s, right? I don't no. know. Like 83, 84? Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, I feel like B Street. I, nah, I don't know why. I thought B Street was. Um, what year was 84, 84, 84, 84. 84, yeah. 1984. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I didn't, realize, I didn't realize that. I thought B Street came out a little bit later. I thought B Street probably was like maybe like 87, 88. Nah, yeah. Hip hop was well well on its way at that point. Mm. So then that mean break because breaking came out after Beach Street, right? So baby breaking yeah. was around that time. Yeah, sir. Breaking and breaking was the hard stuff. Beach Street was more the the, the breaking, the breakdown. Yeah. Break in was more the pop stuff, right? More the the, the West Coast type style. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. But it, to me, it was like um, dance and Technicolor. It was like the Disney version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of it, I but it was, you know, it was what it was, and it helped advance the culture, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. look, look at rappers delight. You know, if it wasn't for that song, which everybody at that time said that was trash, mm. but it opened the door because it, it was it was accepted by the masses because the stuff right. he was doing was too hard for them. Yeah. That was accepted by the masses. It opened the door for everybody to start rapping. Yeah. You gotta say God does it when it works in mysterious ways, but that's not just how it was. Maybe the Olympics now, we've been around maybe 50 years. But the Olympics will open the door for the rest of the world to say, hey, I can put my kid into a, a breakdance school instead of, um, instead of playing soccer now. Yeah. You know, that's that's where the, the opportunity comes that way. <coughs> how, how'd that come about, though? Like, how did it get on the radar of the Olympics? I think from um, a lot of the, the extreme sports, they were sort of looking for the Summer Olympics. Mm. And I think of the extreme sports, and somehow the, the breaking came out, and they started watching that. And they're like, "Whoa!" And they, you know, then people performing, they're like, "Hmm." So somebody along the way was like, "You know what?" This is some, the Olympics was trying to catch more of a younger audience too. That's the other thing too. Right. That makes they're sense. They're looking for some things that's going to catch a younger audience. They said, yeah. "Well, you know what? Let's try this." And like, say, skateboarding. Now, skate, skateboarding is one of the one of the sports that's along that's coming in 2024 at the Olympics. Yeah, right. so they say try those things, those two things, you know. And that's cool, you know. The door is open now, so once we get inside there, we ain't getting out. That's my thing is, how, how are they gonna judge that? Are we gonna have some b boy judges over there? Like, I hope I, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard they had some people in mind. I don't know who's gonna judge is gonna be. I know one person that was supposed to be a judge who got eliminated by some other stuff, but um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I would love to be a judge, you know. I would love Hell to be so. a judge. You know, for see, but for me, it's be difficult to, to, to extent because like I judge at one thing so far, but I look for not only can this person break, can they dance and break? Can they catch that beat, you know, and That's make it look like right. And, but I want to be able to see it as you looking at it, the rhythm of it with my ears and my eyes. Ah. Not just see him jumping around yeah. or doing it to the music. Because he just if you just gonna break without the music, just go ahead and do it then. If you do it to the music, you gotta catch that music. Yeah, you know? look at this. This is this is I didn't even realize this. Pluto said breaking came out before Beat Street, but the same year. See, I don't know why I always felt like Beat Street came out before, but it's maybe because I just gave more credence to Beat Street than breaking. Always, always ask Pluto. Pluto's the historian. Always ask Pluto. Pluto's <laughs> just a, a documentary about to come out on the breaking Beach Street rivalry. I didn't even realize it was a rivalry. I mean, I guess being that, you know, born and raised in the Bronx. Pluto was tapped in, bro. I've always associated with Beach Street and Wildstyle as the closest thing I knew to hip hop, um, hip hop culture. Like once you got into like the Breakins, the, um, the, the, what's the other joint that Mario Van Peebles had, rapping or whatever it was. Like those to me was sort of like the, the off spins of stuff that I was like, eh, not really too interested in. You know, and then, of course, the other movie that everybody, you know, is revered is Crush Groove. Crush Groove, not so much from a B-Boy standpoint, but just like hip hop and putting it, making it global and actually creating visibility for hip hop. You know, it's right. one of the renowned movies. Oh, okay, there you go. Introduced in the Junior Olympics, which had a good response. So, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so we want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Thanks, Doug, for coming on and talking to us we're gonna look forward to the documentary um anything you want to leave us with yeah you know what make sure you support all the, all the break dancers the b-boys the b-girls you know this is our culture you know keep it out there in the forefront you know the different events make sure you know if you can if it's going to be something going out go out and support them you know just whatever they're they doing you know, support them because it has to become a point in time where the ones who did all this hard work get recognized for the work they've done it's not just the corporate entities that's going to take advantage of this. That our people who, who put their blood, sweat, and their tears into this gets recognized for the work they've done. That's a fact. If you're not following the No Ideas Original Podcast, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and make sure you tune in for future episodes. Go back and look at our catalog. We also have lots of other great interviews. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great night. Salute. All right, y'all. Thanks, brother.